All right, I promised you guys this. I said that we were gonna have acts, music acts, country music that are coming to America Fest. And finally, finally, we are able to tell you who it is. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, coming to America Fest, Turning Point USA, December 18th to 21st, Phoenix, Arizona. We've got Brantley Gilbert, Russell Dickerson, Adam Doliak, DJ Silver, Ray Lynn, and of course, the great, the legend, the living legend, the American icon, Lee Greenwood. God bless the USA are all not just appearing to speak, but going to be performing at America Fest. Go to tpusa.com backslash America Fest. Use promo code POSO, P-O-S-O in all caps for up to 25%. Go there, do it now. Do not wait. Go, 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 do it now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's top stories. The judge has ruled that the mob members in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial can be referred to as rioters, arsonists, and looters. We'll break that down next. An Alec Baldwin update straight from Santa Fe. Third, huge story, Speaker Pelosi may not be running for re-election. And finally, a Loudoun County update. All of the insanity that's going on there. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Judge Bruce Schroeder, Kenosha, Wisconsin. They don't make them like this anymore. These type of judges are not long for this world. He's an older guy, appointed by a Democrat, by the way. And he is on the bench. He's presiding over the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Judges like this won't be around forever. And one day, the bench will be controlled by millennials. So just think about how different this country is going to be. But let's get into the story here. The men shot by Kyle Rittenhouse at a Chicago Tribune can be described as rioters and looters, but not victims. The judge rules ahead of the trial. Kyle Rittenhouse lawyers can refer to the men he shot as rioters and looters, but prosecutors still may not call them victims at any time during the teen's upcoming murder trial. Schroeder cautioned the defense team against using pejorative terms during the opening statements, but he said they could use it in their closing arguments if the evidence suggested the men engaged in criminal acts. He can demonize them if he wants, if he thinks it will win points with the jury. He also pointed out, by the way, and I saw this video, that not a lot of people are, are mentioning this, that he went to the prosecutor and also said that the prosecutors can lionize these guys if they want to, if they're making their argument. You can be persuasive in your arguments, is what the judge was saying. But what he was specifically pushing back against was this idea of calling them victims, because obviously that's the question that's up to the jury, for the jury to decide, were they aggressors, and Kyle Rittenhouse was committing an act of self-defense, he was acting in self-defense, or were they victims that were targeted by Kyle Rittenhouse? Obviously, that's the entire question of the trial. So he's saying, I don't want you to prejudice this entire thing. You can be persuasive, but I want to put some limits on what you're doing. But listen to the prosecutor. I'm going to play some clips for you of the prosecutor in this case, because honestly, I think his case is falling apart. There's another point that I want to make, Your Honor, that, that is uh, akin to what you had said when you ruled against us on the CBS video and on the fight at the lake. You believed that there was no factual commonality between those prior events and what the defendant did on the night of August 25th. What I'm hearing the defense say is, for example, Mr. Rosenbaum started fires that night. 
Well, that has nothing to do with the allegation that he chased after Mr. Rittenhouse and tried to physically attack him. Arsonists or alleged arson has nothing to do with an alleged physical assault. There is an argument that Mr. Rosenbaum was shouting racial slurs. That has nothing to do with a physical assault. There is an allegation that he's telling other people at, at Ultimate Gas Station to shoot him, which clearly is different than what was going on with Mr. Rittenhouse. Um, he clearly didn't want Mr. Rittenhouse to shoot him, so I don't see that there's any commonality there. So this is, this is bad character evidence, Your Honor. This is an attempt to tell the jury Mr. Rosenbaum's a bad guy and deserved to die. That's really what it is. He, he was an arsonist, he was a rioter, he was starting fights, or not starting fights, he was starting problems, he was disorderly, he was loud, he was uh, whatever. Therefore, he was, it was okay for the defendant to kill him. That's really what's going on here, Your Honor. And that's not at all what 90404 allows. And if, if there were any evidence in this case, and I would, I would love to hear it, because I haven't seen it, if there was any evidence in this case that Mr. Rosenbaum physically attacked anyone else that night, chased anyone else that night, assaulted anyone else that night, threatened anybody with a weapon that night, we can talk about that. But I don't hear any evidence to that effect. All we're talking about is arson. We're talking about being loud and disorderly. We're talking about, you know, I mean, being... I can't believe some of the things you're seeing. I mean, all we're rioter. talking about is arson. Come on. This prosecutor, and that's, by the way, that's not the judge you're listening to. That's not the defense. That's the state. That's the prosecutor, the DA in this thing. And he's saying it, well, you know, it's just, all we're talking about is arson. It's just a little bit of arson. He was all he was trying to do was burn down the gas station, and Kyle Rittenhouse got in his way. And so, of course, then he tries to pull the gun, as you do. This is your case. This is the best you got. This is honestly the best you got, dude. Right? Honestly, if Kyle Rittenhouse now, the trial starts Monday. The trial starts November first. If Rittenhouse and his legal team do a good job in jury selection right? That's really what this is going to come down to. Do you get people on that jury who are pro-BLM, pro-Antifa, or are you going to get people that are not necessarily pro-conservative, but, or pro-Second Amendment, and maybe you will, but what you really want, what Kyle's legal team wants, is a group of people up there, or a number of people at least, on that jury, enough to uh, conclude that there's reasonable doubt, and conclude that he was acting in his mind in self-defense, that there was no criminal intent, that they didn't want the city of Kenosha burned down. And you've got a lot of people there still to this day, and I've been back twice to Kenosha since this happened. You've got many people very, very, very upset about what those rioters, looters, and arsonists did. So I got a lot of pushback on social media all over the place for saying that it was possible that criminal charges were on the table in the Alec Baldwin case. I got a lot of pushback, I got a lot of heat. Well, guess what? The sheriff's office just came out and the DA just came out, Mary Carmack Altwise, and she stated, and this is no, by the way, no conservative, Republican, et cetera, et cetera. Criminal charges are on the table in the Alec Baldwin shooting case, say prosecutors, as it emerges, the crew were using the actor's gun to shoot cans with live ammo just hours before the tragic death on set. So criminal charges are potentially on the, on the cable. 
Now, I've talked to a lot of gun owners about this. I'm a gun owner. I'm a supporter of the Second Amendment. I'm someone who's been in the military. I've had a lot of training on this. It's very simple. There are four basic rules when it comes to gun safety. And the very first rule, the very first rule, is always assume your gun is loaded. The fact that he didn't check while holding an inherently dangerous instrument that he knew, right, that he knew could have the potential to cause grievous bodily harm and potentially fatal injury, and he didn't check. Bottom line is this, folks. There is no special rule. There's no special rule for actors when it comes to involuntary manslaughter, right? There's no rule whatsoever. The law is the law. It doesn't say, oh, I was an actor, I was doing a scene, and the armorer came up to me. No, 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 no. We played Andrew Bronca before, Law of Self-Defense. Go read his work on this over at Legal Insurrection. He's very clear about this. It does not matter, and even under New Mexico case law, it doesn't matter who loaded the gun. What matters is your reckless behavior while handling that instrument. Same way that if you drink and get behind the wheel of a car, which is of course potentially an inherently dangerous instrument, and then you hit somebody, guess what? That's that is involuntary manslaughter because of your poor behavior, your poor judgment, your poor decisions led to the death of someone else, period, end of story. Now, Baldwin may not be the only one who has liability here, but all I'm saying is there clearly is a legal case that could be made against Baldwin. Now, we pulled up a lot of people, I couldn't find this, and apparently Alec Baldwin has a TikTok account. The last video that he posted on this, I think I'm the only person who's seen it, he only has a couple of followers on there. Uh, we pulled it up and I'm gonna play this for you. This is Alec Baldwin one week before the shooting. Two things, one is that, uh, again, about the vaccine, I had my podcast on now with Anthony Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and gave, uh, uh, I wanted to invite him on, and I, and I was anxious. He doesn't need any opportunity to speak. He has the microphone and the camera at his disposal 24 <clears throat> seven. But I wanted to sit with him and just ask my version of uh, the questions of you know where we are and where we're headed. Um, But, uh, you know, when we had a war, and in my opinion, this is most certainly a war against this vaccine. This is a war. And when we had a war in this country, um, uh, you know, World War II was the ultimate example. And the sacrifices that people made, people were asked to sacrifice to fight the war. You know, the simple things, sugar, rubber, you know, you, you name it. There was rationing. There was a... It was an effort. The American people were asked to chip in on an effort to win the war. Uh, and the same is true here. People are being asked to, to make sacrifices in order to prevail at a time of war. We are at war with the virus and its variants that uh, keep uh, producing. And we must make the necessary sacrifices to win that war. Um, the, uh, um, if you haven't been vaccinated. Um, 
So it's really going to come down, I think, to a lot of different factors. Alec Baldwin is someone who's very, very protected by the system. Alec Baldwin is someone who has been at the cutting edge of Blue Anon, at the cutting edge of the establishment. He is their guy. They will do everything they can to protect him here. The only thing, the only thing that would lead to potential charges on him from a criminal perspective would be if you've got a local prosecutor there who's willing to do the right thing. It's as simple as that. However, when you're looking at the criminal liability, or excuse me, the civil liability, a wrongful death suit, that's absolutely on the table. And that his production, because remember, this guy was the producer here. He was involved in running this operation, which was absolute chaos, chaos on the set for weeks that led to this death. He's going to have to pay, and his company's going to have to pay a lot of money. So a huge story that's been going around Washington, D.C. is what's going on in the midterm elections. You have the Democrat Party currently has the majority in the House. Of course, the Republican Party under Kevin McCarthy, uh, Congressman McCarthy, is looking to retake the House, retake the majority. In which case, that would mean that Speaker Nancy Pelosi would no longer be Speaker Nancy Pelosi. And all of the die seems to be cast as if that's you know, what's going to happen. That's sort of the, the tea leaves right now in Washington, D.C. However, the question becomes then, does Speaker Pelosi want to stay there, right, preside over that, or is she looking to step down? Listen to her interview and the answers on CNN, which she went on with Jake Taper, who is, of course, a regime apologist and a regime stenographer, and he asked her whether or not she was running for re-election. I do want to ask about your own future in Congress. Are you going to run for re-election? Oh, you think I'm going to make an announcement right here and now? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I don't have to be on lighting. any more times than that. You're going to run for re-election, though, yes? Why would I tell you that now? Well, it's not just me. It's I the American always. people. It's the world. This is an international show. <laughs> well, probably I would have that conversation with my family first, if you don't mind. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, best of luck with the legislation. Thank you. I know it's Thank a, it's you. a heavy lift. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So Jake Taper is so upset that she won't answer the question for him because he wants to break news. He said, please, please, Nancy, please, please give me the answer. Look, it's as simple as this. You can go all the way back. The LA Times reported this months ago. After Nancy Pelosi, then who? The political wrangling is already going on here because you got to think about it. Nancy Pelosi, she's in her 80s. Steny Hoyer, Clyburn, the two and the three in the House Democrat Caucus, they're also in their 80s, right? You've got a ton of people. These are octogenarians. It's time, and a lot of Democrats think this, by the way, it's time for a new generation to come up and assume the power, the mantle of the party. Now, Obviously, the squad is kind of in the position, certainly in the position of influencing the party. But the question becomes, will they actually be the ones to assume what's called leadership? Will they be the ones to take the wrongs of leadership? Probably not. But from a more salient question, who is going to run to take Pelosi's uh, seat? Now, the LA Times had it out a couple of months ago that even Pelosi's daughter, Christine, is considering running. She's someone who had run in the past, but uh, had come out of it. You're also looking at Harvey Britt, who's out there in San Francisco, State Senator Scott Weiner, uh, former supervisor David Campos, the chairman of the San Francisco Democrat Party, also known kind of as, as kind of a, a corporate Democrat. 
Mayor London Breed, the current mayor of San Francisco, State Assemblyman David Chu, uh, former Supervisor Jane Kim. You could actually have, now keep in mind that San Francisco is an extremely left-wing district, obviously, as we've seen. And probably, I think a lot of people would point out that other than the tax base of the Silicon Valley companies that have come in, it is a failed city in terms of uh, being able to live in San Francisco is almost impossible now. People are having to bring in private security as they go around. I think the last time I was there was 2018. I got off the plane at San Francisco airport and we drove into the city and I was going to meet some people and I was speaking and then we were at this going to this restaurant beforehand and I had to step around human feces on the sidewalk within probably five minutes of getting out of the car in downtown San Francisco. And this was like an upscale area. This wasn't like, you know, one, you know, like the slums or something, right? You know, what can I say? You know, coming from Philly, we know about the slums. This was a nice area and there's people living under the bridge and they were using the sidewalk as some kind of public uh, outhouse, right? But there was no house, it was just the sidewalk. So San Francisco, like many other cities, is completely disgusting. Uh, there's a new book coming out called San Francisco by Michael Schellenberger. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but his last book on apocalypse, on uh, climate change called Apocalypse Never was fantastic. And I absolutely just, I consumed that book. I woofed it down. That book was fantastic because this guy Schellenberger is somebody who was from the left, right? He worked for the Open Society Foundation in the past, but he's sort of, he's made a split. He's come out now and he's been on Rogue and he's been a few different things talking about how basically we got it wrong, guys. And so I really appreciate where he's coming from because he actually wants to solve the problems in a constructive way. And I think you need people like that. I think you do basically need people like that. So definitely gonna give San Francisco a chance to read it. But that being said, folks, for the time being, for the next five, maybe 10 years, just get out of cities. Do not be there because people like Nancy Pelosi, people like the mayor there, people like the district attorney there, they have turned these things into absolute failures. So we hit a million downloads, Human Events Daily. Thank you so much, by the way, from the bottom of my heart. God bless all of you. So thank you for continuing to watch this. Thank you for sharing this with your normie friends. And by the way, of course, support us, support the work we're doing. Go to MyPillow.com, use promo code POSO, up to 66% off, beat the supply chains, order American. This Christmas is coming so fast. I know Halloween is coming up this weekend, but Christmas is gonna be coming right around the corner. You know there's gonna be issues with this. You know that because of Biden and everything else, that shipping might be delayed in some things. I don't know if it's delayed on this, but get your Christmas shopping, your orders done now. Do it today, mypillow.com, promo code POSO. Next up, huge, huge story that's roiling not just Virginia, but the entire country. And Luke Rosiak, by the way, at Daily Wire, blew this story wide open, and I give full credit to him. A Loudoun County judge has now come out and found that a boy in a skirt is guilty of sexually assaulting a female student. From Daily Mail, Loudoun County judge has found a teenage boy in a skirt guilty of sexually assaulting a 15-year-old underage female classmate in the girls' bathroom at their school, siding with the victim's outraged parents who were shamed for protesting against trans bathroom rules after the incident. The teenage girl's father, Scott Smith, and we covered this on this program, was dragged out of a meeting on June 22nd after hearing teachers from the woke Loudoun County School Board claim that they received no reports of sexual assault involving students in the bathrooms. I wanna, get, I wanna just foot stomp that for a second. They claimed there were no reports of this even after it happened. 
even after the investigation was already going. And this guy Ziggler, this corrupt fool, this nincompoop, right, this toady, had transferred the student who then allegedly committed another sexual assault at the next school. They had the father of the, this girl, this 15-year-old girl, arrested for trying to speak out about what happened. This is one of those stories when you look at it and you say, the corruption and the depravity of what's going on in our country is absolutely disgusting. It's actually deplorable. I know you're not supposed to use that word anymore, but it's actually deplorable. So the Loudoun County School, the students staged a walkout over this, over this sexual assault. Take a look at this walkout. We got the video right here. superintendent, principal, whoever, that knew about this, that had a hand in this, should be arrested. Not just resign, no, not good enough. Arrested and prosecuted. This is something that's absolutely disgusting. Imagine if that was your daughter. Imagine if that was your kid who had to go through that and then was told that the person was allowed to be transferred to another school. And if you have a problem with it, you're arrested. I would say this is something that's unheard of, but you know what it is heard of? Just not in this country. We know what kind of countries act like this. All right, that's all the time we have for Human Events Daily. Thank you so much again for sharing this out with your normie friends. Our motto to you, be good, be brief, be gone. Go to Apple Podcasts, leave us your five-star review. I've been reading some of these reviews. They're absolutely hilarious, the stuff you guys are writing. Even some of the ones, honestly, I like the one-star reviews. They're like, don't read this. If you read this, it will destroy your mind. This is right-wing conservative propaganda. He's talking about Christian conservative values. How dare he? Oh my gosh. It's like, oh no, why would the Catholic be talking about conservative Christian values? I don't know. But before I go, it's time for today's moment of history. Ladies and gentlemen, happy birthday to America's greatest populist president who put the people first, Mr. Teddy Roosevelt. And I think that conservatives and the new right and the burgeoning populist movement need to embrace TR, the bull moose, as they move forward in all of this. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.